Hey, did you watch your girl on SNL? I know you're. Fuck, I meant to watch it today so that I could talk about it, and I missed it. Shit. She was good. Uh, Okay. She was good. I'm going to watch it later. You're going to like it. Um, Keep talking to me for a second. There's some good sketches in that, um, regardless of her. Yeah. She takes some over the top, but. All British people can do good American accents, and I don't understand because not all Americans can do good British accents. I don't know. But some British, yeah, I guess that's sort of I just true. feel like British actors do the American accent, and you're just kind of like, okay. But, you know, you get Kevin Costner trying to do British for Robin Hood. And, right. And then right. he's like, I'm just not going to do it anymore halfway through shooting. Yeah. Which was an interesting mashup. <laughs> Is it? Like Is it Tom Holland it. British? Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's these amazing. people. Oh, and uh, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but uh, Marvel, Sony, back in the game. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah rocking yeah. and rolling. It's happening. As they always uh, were, I guess. Should Did we... you see that, that, that uh, meme of the Breaking Bad and they're staring at the money and they label them as the man and wife at Sony and Marvel and they're like, their Spider-Man is on all the money and they're like, okay, one more time. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> so good. Well, that's uh, that's how it really that's is. That's how it is. That's how it really is. Should we play the clip? Let's play it. Okay. Let me see. Uh, Some people are saying that your new music sounds a lot like Bob Dylan. Well, maybe Bob Dylan sounds a lot like me. You know, how come nobody ever asked Bob Dylan why you sound so much like Dewey Cox? Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. Rim job fairy teapots mask the temper tantrum. Oh, say, can you see them? Stuffed cabbages, the darling of the laundromat The mouse with the overbite Explained how the rabbit What the hell is this song about? I have no idea You guys are idiots This song is very deep Inside the three-eyed monkey Within inches of his toaster oven light yeah, I could have played any one minute from Lockhart oh, and it would have been fine. Funny. Are we recording? We are. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, I love that movie. So much. That's a uh, that's a great one. Did you know that Tim Meadows came to Goldsboro, North Carolina to do stand-up comedy? Really? How'd that go? <laughs> not, not well. <laughs> a lot of people left. To the college? Uh, yeah, or, well, yeah. to the Paramount Theater. They're trying to do this oh, thing now where where I grew up in a small town that is not very interested in art and kind of broadening <laughs> horizons and sort of getting people out of their comfort zone, or at least exposing hey, nice them to things. Paper. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that he was their big event. Like they do one a year, like they do all the classic stuff at the Paramount theater. Sure. And they do like shows that you would expect. And then they do one that's kind of like, to put it bluntly that we should never have like a performer or a show that should never be there. Mm. And this was the one, and yeah, you know, he he did comedy the way comedians actually do comedy and he poked fun at himself, but also at the town and like, sure. you think I'd be here if I wasn't divorced and didn't have to pay, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like crickets at part, you know what I mean? At parts Shit. and just disappointing. It's like, that's why we can't have nice things, you know? Yep. Yep. So anyway. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. I like Tim Meadows. He's great. He's, he's really, great. He's got, got some, he's got some good dryness to him. Yeah. Um, Such a good. Well, that was Walk Hard. If you haven't seen Walk Hard, check it out. It's, it's the it's greatest musical top. biop <laughs> of all time. Honestly, it's every musical biop rolled into one, uh, but it's funnier. definitely one of my favorite comedies of all time, for sure. Yeah. Underrated. Hidden <sighs> gem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, what else is going on? So Joker. 
Yeah, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it. You saw yeah, it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, um, pretty dark. That is some brutal fucking shit. Ooh. That is a brutal fucking <laughs> I movie. knew it was going to be, but it was, it was I Taxi knew, Driver. No, like and that's true. Like, we knew. And yeah. we were expecting, and I mean, hoping is a weird word, yeah. but yeah, hoping that it would be super dark yeah, and not super fucked up. And go for it. Yeah. And it they did. delivered. It was, and it was disturbing. I, I it, still leave it going... Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's what I mean. It was disturbing when you were ready for it to be disturbing, yeah. and you still were like, that was disturbing. Like, somehow yes. it still surprised you. And you know what I found interesting was, um, I thought about this, you know, Heath Ledger, iconic right. Joker role. One of the things that made him so terrifying is that you you really, by the end, knew nothing about him. There was no backstory, because every story he told, you assumed at some point was bullshit. It Remember was how he was different changing his story, yep. yeah, and you were just like, wow, this guy... It's kind of chilling once yeah. he tells the story a different way, and you're Terrifying like, oh, mystery. he's really fucked I up. have no idea what happened to make this right. guy what this guy is. This I was the exact I opposite. No, I don't. Yeah. This was all backstory for two hours. Everything. And even if some stuff's kind of questionable, and they're like, you're not sure because of his mm-hmm. delusions and things, you still basically got from beginning to end how this guy became the Joker. And yes. this was equally terrifying. It's, it's like an interesting... Uh, juxtaposition of two things done totally differently and totally effectively right to terrifying results my my uh, feeling when it was over was man i i kind of wish that we had seen his personality more earlier and okay. i think that the more i think of because there's not much of his character in the movie i mean there is to a point but i think it i think it's pretty smart i think that uh you know he's medicated right it's a big plot point yeah um and then all of a sudden he's not but yeah. it kind of happens later in <laughs> yeah. the movie and uh and that all coincides with each other so, so i think uh, i think is good i think any complaints that i've kind of fig- thought that i had i've kind of talked myself out of right um obviously joaquin does an amazing job um, everybody in it's amazing and it looks amazing and it feels amazing. It's at the music. The score oh, is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really, really, good. I really, really, really think it's great. It's as far from my kind of movie as you can get. Yeah. And, and I, and the fact that I appreciate it as much as I do will tell you how, how well done it is like just objectively, but have sure. you seen, so you, you know, taxi driver, obviously. Sure. Have you ever seen King of comedy? No. De Niro? No. So I found it really interesting and I couldn't help thinking about this, you know, when he goes on the talk show and it's De Niro is playing the late night guy. Right. Excuse me. Um, It was just interesting because King of Comedy is this famous old De Niro role, one of kind of his Scorsese movies. Oh, okay. Right. And he's this somewhat delusional, but definitely very inspired comedian. He wants to be a comedian. He wants to go on late night and he actually kidnaps the late night guy. Oh. Starts performing for him, like in the basement. But that lined up so much along with Taxi Driver lining up with this that the mm-hmm. fact that they had De Niro playing yeah. the late night guy to me, it's I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Pretty on the nose. This was like yeah. the baby of those two movies. Right, like they correct. had a baby yeah, yeah. and it was a comic book movie. This was it. So that was really interesting. Well, he's uh, yeah, he's obviously not shying away from that. Anything right. yeah. can reference sure. anything sure. else as long as you're not pretending like you're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty wild. I mean, I fucking... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I kept thinking about it for a while, but uh, well, uh, we're we'll trying not to spoil it. But anybody out there, I I think that this is not a spoiler as much as um. Oh, that's our pizza. Oh, hang on. Fuck yeah. Let me get back into this. All right, I think we're back. 
We got our pizza. And we're back. <laughs> um, we're excited. We're excited. A little now. pepperoni, Trader Joe's pepperoni pizza. You know, you should always treat yourself at least once a day. Dude, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, well, yeah, so- of the two clown movies we saw this year, I give sure. Joker as good a review as I give it part two a bad review yeah in terms of my enjoyment right um not even right. so much how well they're made but it's hard to it's hard to call joker enjoyable but getting away from it and just getting out of that theater you know yeah <laughs> and just having some time with it um i really really like it i think it's excellent well one, one last thing i want to say about it and if you want to go on we can but um i just want to say not to go into the details like you said yeah. like spoiling but i think a lot of people are going to want to see it soon and well but the way right understood but the way they tied in the the bruce wayne stuff that's what i was just going to say i got it written here the the wayne interweaving the yeah. wayne overall wayne enterprises wayne everything it's fucking excellent yeah not too much the thing is all of those prequel uh, comic book movies always mm-hmm. feel so shoehorned in uh-huh. me, and they're always so this feels really starting good. at the very first like well yep. movie where i was just like wait a minute we had its own standstill adventure and then for no reason at all mm-hmm. you wedged in all the others but it but because you had to by the impressive the company yeah. made you as, as dumbly done as you could do it this was the opposite this doesn't feel and like it that. was never too much and it was enough and it was done well and the thing is mm-hmm. you know i always thought um in with the original batman when I watched as a kid, and the original, I mean, 89, the Tim Burton one, I always loved the fact that the Joker in that movie is the person who kills Batman's parents. He makes Batman because right. they're such mirrors of each other, they which is not him the comic. as a young man. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not the yep. comic way, right? So then uh, along comes Christopher Nolan, and he brings it back to the – and everybody's really happy because he did the actual origin story. It was just mm-hmm. a, a random you know, uh, crook and, mm-hmm. and low-level guy who was in poverty, right. which also plays into the Wayne legacy because they're rich and everything else, mm-hmm. which this movie touches on. This one somehow kind of married the two. It did. And I won't go too much into it, but like – I like the idea that it plays a part in Batman becoming Batman, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's as much as I'll say, but I thought this was kind of brilliantly done how it married the two. Cause I always thought, even if it's not the traditional comic book way, the Burton spin on it is, it feels more right to me. Like right. if those two characters are these going to be these mortal enemies, it feels right that they've kind of made each other sure. in that way. So anyway, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, Everybody see Joker. Uh, yeah. Just be ready for some brutal shit. It's great. Um, what else did you see this week Any, or this couple of weeks? Since the last time we've talked. Yeah, put that um, pizza down. Answer the question. Man, I was just <laughs> picking up that slice about to bite into I'll it. talk about something else you, you in a start. minute. But, okay, right. <laughs> you start. Then so, I'll <laughs> so take a bite. I saw Judy. Oh, how was that? Um, I, really, I that. really loved it. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's about her... At the end of her life, what was the movie this year about Laurel and Hardy? That did you see that one? You know which one I I'm didn't. talking about. I know about, what you're though. talking about, but I didn't. Um, with Steve Coogan and uh, right. John C. Riley, right. it's the same general vibe in that it's this movie about a very focused small period of time in this you know amazing person's life where they kind of still needed some money. And okay. so they took some gigs in London. <laughs> it's like Ooh. an almost identical concept. Um, but apparently Judy Garland at the end of her life did a bunch of shows in London uh, right before she died. And this focuses on those shows. <clears throat> and um, and it's just there's a lot of heartbreaking stuff and with her kids and her struggling to kind of make ends meet, even though she's Judy fucking Garland. And 
Um, yeah. it's, uh, it's great. I really, I really loved the movie and highly recommend it. Um, but just know that it's not really a, an overarching story about her whole life. It's just, a, even though there right. are flashbacks, so there's some really interesting flashbacks. It, right. There's, it goes to her when she's young dealing with Louis B. Mayer and how fucking crazy he was and how he treated her and everything. And I mean, we've heard yeah. those oh, stories yeah. before yeah. this touches on a lot of it. I don't know. That, you know, I think they still are pulling their punches on a lot of that. Right. But uh, the point is, <clears throat> great, great stuff. Um, so kind of like Lincoln, they center in on one point in her life to sort of tell the story of. Yeah. Uh, so with some flashbacks. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, what was weird about my experience seeing Judy is that I saw it at Alamo in downtown yep. a couple days ago. I was the only one in the screening. I didn't realize that at first. Wow. I was the only one there, which is normal if you're there at like 1 PM on a weekday, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. no one else was there. Um, also the screens are pretty small. There's only like probably 40 seats or whatever. Kelly's independently wealthy. So he doesn't <laughs> just rented the whole thing. So I had, I had a waiter all to myself though. That was what was wow. weird. You know what I mean? Like you have a waiter and I, at the end I was like, shit, do I tip him like, a lot I was because, just about to ask that. because I sat here for two <laughs> plus hours and he didn't have any other customers. I guess I got to fill the whole theater's yeah. duty to tip you, man. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, you um, but, but the projectors went out like 10 oh. minutes before the movie ended. And I knew when it went off, I was like, they don't know I'm here. I knew that they were turning Whoa. it off and, and in my head, I knew that. And so I got up and I was just so pissed. Yeah, of course. Like I get. Fuck you. And yeah. then, <laughs> well, no, I, I would have. I ran out and everyone from every other theater was in the hallway. Like your projector go out. I was like, yeah. And there was, there was all of like maybe 10 people for like 10 screening rooms. <laughs> wow. So it was a small group of people, but they were all watching movies, different movies. And so the staff came around and we're like, yeah, we don't know what's going on. It took them about a half an hour. They were like, oh, the, you know, the, the power went out. And I'm like, none of the power is out. Yeah. None of yeah. the power is out. <clears throat> anyway, so that was weird. They gave <laughs> should have paid musical chairs and should have just run into different. It was so silly. Point. And they were like, we're going to get you a rain check. I'm like, first I have season pass. So right. I'm not worried about the Doesn't money. Matter. And second, it's about the time. Like I only have 10 minutes left in this movie. When yeah. am I going to come back and watch it again? And so you like, didn't get the end or did you? So no, I, w I waited a good, at least 30 minutes, maybe more. Wow. And I was like, if there's a chance of it coming back, yeah. I don't want to yeah. waste the time. So I just kept giving, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And finally Man, they got it up and they put it right back to where it was. And I watched the rest of it, but it's it why still, people aren't going to theaters, man. It was still weird. Staying at home. I don't know. It was weird. You know, Anyways. the only experience that uh, I've told you about this, I think I might've actually mentioned this on a podcast, oh, but when, with the wrong screening or the wrong movie, no, with your brother? no, that one happened at Alamo, but I meant as terms of a movie going out, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. My parents went to mm -hmm. when I was growing up, and literally, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> the original. Um, at the moment that Jack Sparrow is stabbed in the heart, and you don't <laughs> okay. know that he's stolen the coin and he's going to come back, mm -hmm. the power went out and they lost the movie. And they were gave free passes to come back, but they were all sitting there just kind of like my parents were like, Man, he I died. mean, <laughs> he's definitely not dead, but they couldn't like, they were just like, right? Like, trying to like figure him. out the movie. But what a perfect moment right. to go out and be like, oh, you guys got to come back. We've like, there was a thunderstorm and it literally knocked everything out. That's very so, funny. Um, this is not new. This is uh, uh, four or five years old, but um, have you ever seen uh, Last Man on the Moon? That documentary? Mm, 
No. Everybody always talks Apollo about 17. First Man. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this was an interesting documentary, man. And it's streaming now. You can get it on Netflix. But, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't. It doesn't ring a bell. But yeah, it's about the last mission before they cut the program. That's probably program. awesome. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. it was. I mean, you know, a lot of it's the same as the stuff you've seen. But if you're kind of a space moon nut yeah. like we kind of are. Um, it was really interesting, man. And, and the guy, now I'm not going to remember his name, but the, but the guy that they're kind of centering on also is just kind of fascinating. He's a, he's a little bit less polished, like your first crew that you're sending me to the American ears. They kind of tapered off into just very average The cowboy that made it on the sixth (laughs) mission, you know, there. You don't seem like an astronaut. (laughs) (laughs) You seem like you've been to Kentucky at best. <laughs> Look, but it, it covers the whole thing in the program and how they were prepping and you know how they lost people in the in the shuttle right. fire and all this stuff. But then it goes all the way up to when finally his mission comes around and then how it ends. And it it's interesting, man. You should check it out if you get a chance. I would recommend it to anybody I really interested will. in that kind of stuff. But yeah, Last Man on the Moon um was probably my favorite thing um that I watched outside of Joker. Um, um over this. did you uh are you into any of Pedro Almodovar's movies, you know who he is. He did well there um, with uh, Penelope okay. Cruz. She, I think she won an award for that a few years ago. I'm not um, very familiar. Um, I honestly wasn't either. I knew him to be one of the great Spanish uh, directors, but um, I don't know that I've seen too many of his movies. But I went and, see, went and saw his newest one yesterday. It's called Pain and Glory, and it stars yeah, Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz. And it's fucking great, man. Um, if you just want to see like a movie about people, uh, really well written and and extr- extremely well acted, um, just like very nice, sentimental, heart. Okay. Not even heartwarming, but just heartful. You know, storytelling um, that's honest and raw and pure and all those things. Uh, he's really a beautiful director. Uh, anyways, I saw that, and that's pretty much everything I saw this week. But I also listened to Demi Moore's new memoir. Wow. Or her memoir. How was that? She read it on Audible, you know, the audio book she read. So I was like, well, yeah, I'd rather – anytime the author reads it, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather do that. I agree. <clears throat> and it's not, a, sexy. it's not a super – yeah, totally. <laughs> it's not a real long book. I think it was only like a seven-hour audio book. Right. Well, yeah, I would expect So I got through it in like <laughs> – Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I mean, Sorry. Yeah, see me. It sounds mean. It sounds even bad. Um, but I listened to it on like one road trip, you know, and um, and it was great. She had so much harder of a life and time through her marriages than I think anybody has any concept of. Yeah. Um, her childhood was fucking brutal. Um, anyways, I recommend anybody listen to it if you're interested in that kind of thing before you read it, but also read it. Well, you know, people don't know anymore or don't remember anymore, but to me, it was like the biggest uh, female star in the yeah, world. She, in the 90s. Like so she, was gigantic. she tells the stories of um, right before GI Jane, like they were developing GI Jane and she was a producer on it. Um, but what the fuck was the other one that she made right with it? And they, they were like, well, if you want her to be in this other one that she's, not producing strip you're gonna oh yeah that must yeah. have been it because that was the one she, she was made, like the most money any female she yeah made. she was like you're gonna have to weigh outbid the gi jane production right. right and so they gave i think it was 12 million and that was a record 
um, by far. And also, and Bruce what, at the what exact same different. time was making the record. Like Die Hard Three made oh, twenty oh, million sure. on, yeah. and that was a record, I think. Right, right. I mean, each it, that's still a lot, <laughs> but you, you know these these records just keep getting broken right um, oh yeah nowadays but yeah she was the highest well, it's all relative to by far yeah yeah exactly um and and to, how could you get two further apart movies than the gi jane and striptease i mean you think about it like if you're right going from right one right extreme to the other exactly the most objectified um, thing versus literally her trying yeah her it. her explanation of why she took parts and how like badass her training was and how focused she was through the training and everything um, all of that is just really, really interesting, and she's super honest about everything. It seems you so. know you know who plays. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she's a little too honest for Astrid. Yeah, because, uh, I guess so. So you know, who uh, he plays sounds like a real piece the, of shit. But well, I guess it's hey, all relative. I've always, yeah, I, I, I don't know, no comment. But yeah, I've um, never. I mean, a lot of what she says about him is not exactly a secret. It was stuff that was in the press. Right, right, right. So fuck him. I, I ran know. into him once on the Sony lot and you know, who am I? It doesn't matter. Right. But, um, you know, you get a real warm and awesome vibe from some people and mm-hmm. I try not to judge people on one meeting. Of they course. Having a bad yep, day, yep, but yep. he certainly wasn't the one of the warm ones. Yeah. That's so, too um, bad. I, I did want to say though, you know, who plays the, uh, drill sergeant wonderfully in GI. Oh, it's, uh, what's his face? Uh, blah, blah, It's Vigo Morton. Vigo. Yeah, thank you. From our favorite <laughs> I don't know what series, the Lord of the Rings. Who dat? Um, the other thing is you mentioned you listen to the book. You know, I, was to, I was listening to, <laughs> to Malcolm Gladwell talking about this weekend. His most recent book um, has actually the the sales for the the audio have outsold good the written book. I love my audio book. Is the first one for something Ever. Of, of this level, right? Right? The right. First one to do that, and he was talking about how he's like, I think we're we're moving so much to that that you will actually see many books that will only be released that way at a certain point. Sure, not that people won't novelize them no different than a podcast i mean yeah and this is a two-person podcast well but what is a one-person podcast it's a fucking book yeah for sure for sure but we're geared to that now too we've got a culture now we're constantly consuming listening to stuff we're in our cars we're listening we got our earbuds and we're walking around so we're a generation that's been i think i'm gonna move to palmdale so that i've got more commute uh, too. <laughs> to yeah, stuff. commuting has never been so in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm, gonna, all my I'm gonna start flying on the weekends just so I can listen to. Podcasts. It is kind of weird to think about how little you had to do mm-hmm. when you used to drive and you used to be standing around, and now mm-hmm. it's like you're always filling your ear holes with something, even if it's mind numbing. It's like something's going on. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But you know, and and people are kind of saying, oh, this is too bad, and you the written word and everything else. And look, to an extent, I I do understand what they're saying, but you know. All of our traditions started as oral traditions. Yeah. We started writing them down because we needed a way to not lose them yes. from person to person. Now we have a way to record and keep them yes. in the audio tradition. And so, it's honestly only been since kind of smartphones and really, really super high-quality portable recorders, which is less than 10 years. Yeah, it's like sure. It's like 7 sure. to 10 years. So like anything new, uh, it's just – it's given us back the instant right. ability to do that. Right. And that's, yeah, fair. Well, well, and this is something that's always annoyed me. I'm just going to go on a a baby tangent here. I've always rejected the idea, and it's not that people aren't smart that read, but, you know, I'm watching film all the time, and the idea that you're not expanding your mind and you're not smart because you're watching film, I get it, man. If you're just watching the Transporter reboot, or which I'll watch – but hey, fuck I, you, I get man. it. I get it because fucking love yeah, you're, not, you're not expanding. <laughs> you're not expanding your brain, right? Yeah. But there's plenty of films that are that really are, uh, you know, 
they're challenging, right? And, and yeah. you're focusing on these, and these are things that are expanding what you think about, and you're thinking about things critically and everything else. Right. And there's so many people in my life that have been like, oh, well, you know, I just read. I love reading everything. And they're reading the 23rd installment of the love novel or crime novel, <laughs> and it's just garbage. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying there's not great literature out there, but yeah. most people that would talk to me about that and they would just be so snooty about it, they weren't reading fucking Moby Dick. You know what right. I mean? So like or, – or Les Mis or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're sitting there listening to that and you're like, all right, well, a great mathematician is brilliant and they're probably not reading a whole lot of stories either right it's just a different whatever you're doing to challenge your brain brain and think that's the point like if, mm -hmm. if you're absorbing things that are expanding your mind yeah. and that are you're learning and you're growing you know in that way that's the idea of knowledge we, we've sort of shrunk it down into a box of like Books. yeah i'm just reading so i'm smart Books. it's like 50 shades of gray does not make you smart you know what I mean? like, so <laughs> anyway that's my tangent don't read everybody listen i like your podcast and I, others. I support it i just want to this is movies throw that and out shit there. some of the shit is books but yeah, probably they're, very little of the they're shit probably audio they books are, they are all <laughs> audiobooks from this moment forward we will not talk about the written word unless it's do you, a many, do you know how many books i've listened to <laughs> Uh, man, you know what's so funny? many, and I've I can't probably, even tell people like, oh yeah, I read that in the last I five years. Well, I didn't actually read it. <laughs> I, I listened it. to it, and then, they, it. and then they leave. In the, the last five years, I've probably listened to more books than I have read. Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, this calls into question like where we're headed. I know we're now. I'm really going on a tangent, but like, good, you know, go there. To the point where you can literally just download shit into your brain. I mean, who knows how yeah. far away we are from that? Hundred years, five I know, years. I know, Kung I don't know. But yeah, if you can take that in immediately, that doesn't mean that you're not just as smart. It yeah. just means we found a way to upload that quicker. Right. You didn't have the experience. You didn't maybe put in the sweat. Right. But like the point is you would still be more intelligent. You would have the information. So, yeah. In so the head, idea yes. of only being one way to do things is just to me kind of. Scary. And by the way, not everybody retains information the same way. Oh, so yeah, some, someone like me, I could read a hundred books and not remember any of them. So it's right, like, right. it's completely relative. Yeah. That's interesting too. Cause not to, to crap all over my mom, but my mom never stops reading. Right. And she'll be, Oh, you would love this book. And I'll ask her, Hey, what's it about? I just want like a pitch. I don't know. Right, right. 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 And she can almost never tell. Me I'm very similar to that, though. It's hard. But for me, yeah. I'll take in a lot less in that way. Yeah. But I can go beat for beat. I know you can. Uh, yeah. That's why you're my co-host. So <laughs> it's the only reason you're here, man. I don't like you. I don't like the sound of your I voice. I just needed someone like your lip that had popping. some clarity of thought. <laughs> anyway, that's enough on books. Um, okay. So there's some new <laughs> books. Books. Gum. Um, so <laughs> already been to the airport. Yeah, okay. Already been to the airport. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, there's some news this week. Unfortunately, Robert Garrison from, uh, Cobra, excuse me, from the karate kid and then Huge ultimately Cobra Kai, um, get him a body bag. That guy died. <laughs> yeah. And he was he, only one 59. of the most iconic lines yeah. in the eighties movie ever. It's pretty sad. You know, you, I've finished watching Cobra Kai. You watch Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, the way that he got that role in where he is dying on the show before he mm. went out yep. was really a touching and effective. Like if you were going to have a last role, obviously you don't want to go early, but very reflective that man, of what show was going on. is better than anybody gives it credit for. Yeah, I agree. I think. Well, um, YouTube gives it credit because it's the only show on YouTube that's right. been a success in that way. I just think it's really good. And um, think decisions like that, things that they really worked on and made work. 
Yeah, I'm just eating pizza on a mic. It's delicious it's looking and sounding. Eat so it. I uh, no, I'm, I'm I've had two slices. I'm gonna and I'm gonna have more. But um, okay. I had just watched. I was late on season two, as you know. So yeah, yeah. I I literally, man, I watched the episode where he dies. That character mm-hmm. dies like a week before he died. Right. Like That's he popped up, and it felt like one of those weird things yep. where the internet was tracking me and listening to me. Uh huh. But um, but yeah, like really sad, and um, I actually kind of want to go back and watch. If you like him movies. dying in the show, you might yeah. also oh, like. God. No, I'm good. Jesus. That's Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna lose all our sponsors. Yeah. Um, yep. Somebody will boycott us the way things are going now. Um, but oh, yeah, man, uh, that's a bummer. And you know, he's in one of the all-time classics for like the pop art of the '80s. You know, right? And, and the fact that he got to come back for Cobra Kai for that one in one episode is uh, pretty cool too. What do you think so. about um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum returning for Jurassic Park Three or Jurassic World Three? You did it, you crazy son of a bitch! You did it. Um, Casting found a way. I'm, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. I, like I said, I, am I, too. I don't, they're, they're like the new Star Wars and the new everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, there's just so many and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm still going to watch the original. Well, that's the good news. These, the but... bad news is that Colin Trevor row, 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 row <laughs> is returning for the third uh, one. And I think he sucks big donkey dick. Well, people loved Jurassic World, I guess. I didn't. But um, yeah, but that was his. So other did, countries loved Jurassic. Did, did World. you like Jurassic World or the second one? Better? I liked the second one better because it was a different director. It's Me very too. simple. That director actually has some artistic vision, and he put it to use in parts of that movie. Um, the second half of that movie, which is bonkers, and it's just like, why did it? Why? Like they didn't they didn't advertise hardly any of that part of the movie. On the second half of that movie, because it is kind of so weird, but I like it, and I just hate all the CG dinosaur shit. Yeah, and if you can put me in a real set, I realize that they still fucking CG'd all the dinosaurs, but I don't know why they can't just get their shit together and have practical dinosaurs. I agree, and I, I, you go back to the original Jurassic Park, and you realize that there's very little time with CG dinosaurs, and they just did it when they needed it. Right, and it was the one minimal. that's sick, and it's laying there that Sam Neill is leaning against. Pretty much you know, every close, every moment. close up, and every time anybody Practical. interacted with them or touched them was real. Well, and, and it's that's like, what's annoying. Do that. You listen to these directors say this, and and Trevor was one of them who said, you know, anything we could do practical, we we did, and then we did the other stuff. So there was did, nothing practical. Well, no, no, no. The dinosaur <laughs> like that's laying there dying, that's just the that's head. The only that he's holding. It's the only one that was practical. I thought that was also CG. No, no. The only practical dinosaur in Jurassic World world was uh the i think it was a brachiosaur had a long neck and yeah. it was in the okay. field so that is the one and it looks great right if right, you right, go back right. and watch that it's the I only one the theater, that so. has any emotional resonance what's her face starts crying yeah. yeah um and it's because there's this big beautiful dinosaur there but it's as far as i know and remember reading it's literally the only practical one well, um, I'll just maybe say, there was some. There might have been some uh, Velociraptor heads occasionally, right, 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 but right. but it it's yeah. no. Oh, they're dumb no. movies. But I I will just say that at least well, the second one. The reason I preferred that is you know the second one did something different. So if we're gonna have a sequel, you know, we almost became a haunted house movie mm-hmm. at the last half, or like a slasher film where you're stuck in a house, but it was just dinosaurs. Yeah, and you know. Jurassic World really was just the worst, worst, worst version of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Which, you know, is kind of like Force. I like Force Awakens fine, but yeah. that was just the worst, the rehash. Less good version of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how Jurassic World was too. So yeah. the second one I dug, we'll see if the third one does something yeah. new or if in bringing them back, they do the exact same thing. But um, I don't know. We'll see. 
Um, yeah, you uh, uh, saw that Sony and Marvel made up on Spider-Man. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Whatever. We we, we said on okay. our pod, we were like, well, they could change their mind next week. It's like, how do you fucking not get this? Um, right. You have to right. make a decision and then, oh, wait, the, the crowds, you know, went wild. Whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Scorsese? What do we think about him? Uh, I, I think he's a tremendous talent and I think he's right, uh, about, uh, what he was saying with Marvel. And I think it's being taken really, really strongly at the end of the day. It's not like he's saying these are shit. He's just saying, this is the movement we're in now, which is true. Um, and you know, people can like these, it's okay for somebody to be like, these are theme park rides. People said that about Indiana Jones and star Wars. And I love those movies, but I also acknowledge that they are different than you know raging bull or you know whatever you want to say yep so him saying this stuff is true and marvel is a big glossy I totally agree ride, and people it's cool it's okay for him to say the that people, people the are still going. only people that have any right to be kind of a little bit sensitive about it are the people that make the marvel movies which right. is why we're reading the quotes of what they're saying like james gunn and and uh and robert downey and all these people they can say whatever they want because they're too close to it. So they're not they're yeah. not going to be objective. They're going to be a little bit objective, but mostly take it personally. The rest of us, yeah, it it doesn't warrant really any. And by the way, man, by the way, it's something that everyone is saying anyway. Even the people that yeah. like these are yeah. saying about the comment the the modern state of film mm-hmm. is this thing. Is it's Marvel. this big business model yep. where there is as limited and least amount of artistry where you can get any money to make something as there's probably ever been. Right. You know, going back to like the studio era, maybe of like the fifties or something when TV infiltrated the movies. Right. Um, and you know, that's just where we are right now. And it's okay if you like that, but that is w- what we're in. And if you're not going to acknowledge that, you're just being an idiot, you know, sure. or, or you're not being objective. So I don't know. Long live Scorsese. He's fine. <clears throat> totally. And long live Marvel, whatever. You yeah. Know, they're going to be yeah, fine. Exactly. Too, so. Exactly. Um, so, uh, we're a couple of things coming up. We're, uh, we're getting a new season of BoJack Horseman uh, pretty soon. The final season. Did you catch up on BoJack? Are you a big BoJack no, I'm guy? Way back on BoJack. You should. You should really catch up on that. It's good shit. Um, <clears throat> did you see? Uh, <laughs> I think you did because it was on our Facebooks uh, that Leonardo costume that didn't uh, get sold. The Teenage Mutant Ninja. My Turtles. girlfriend's actually mad at me for showing her that. <laughs> The haunts our dreams. That is the scariest shit. So, it, so decaying Ninja a, Turtles. A prop costume. house tried to auction off a yeah decaying Leonardo costume from one of the <clears throat> live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, and it's just like it's completely falling apart. But it's horrific. It is so horrific. It's like the lips have folded back, and now it's all teeth, <laughs> and it's really scary. Really and the skin up. is decaying. And everybody it looks really go weird. Google it. It's really, 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 really weird. gross. I probably would still bought um, it. Yeah, they, the uh, the opening bid was like sixty one hundred dollars, and they were I'll expecting it to get eighteen thousand. Jesus. And so, really, we, yeah, with an opening bid of sixty one hundred, they didn't get a single bid. So presumably, it's worth a lot less than that. Uh, I, I would think a Ninja Turtle costume that was in pristine condition, yeah, maybe would have gone for that because people are fan. I'm a fan, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I think any screen used like unique 
costume like that would get tens of thousands of dollars. Right. But uh, not this one. Oh, man, it was garbage. Um, it was yeah. garbage. They should yep. have taken big, better care of it. This is the same as when you find out that like people move on to the lot and they're only interested in making the movies that are current. Yeah. This is the same with prop houses. And then like before you know it, the Back to the Future car, which is loved by everybody, Falls looks apart. like shit because no one's keeping up with it because there's no reason to. And if you want a, things to be valuable, especially with that kind of stuff, like yeah. keep them in good condition. Everybody go crazy. watch the documentary Out of Time about the restoration of the yeah. A car from Back to the Future. It's great. It's worth checking um, out. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so speaking of lots, I worked at Paramount last week. And one of the things that oh, – so my question Humble is – brag. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, my question is, we both worked at Sony for a long time. You've been to other lots, presumably, for tapings and work course, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Uh, how much time have you spent at Paramount? Uh, a fair amount of time. I worked a couple of events over there. Cool. Um, I have been – our camp kind of for this big event I yeah. worked was actually on the back lot in the middle of – you know where the three streets kind of yep. come together? Yep. And then in the middle, it's like a big room in that totally. triangle. That's where we were set up. That's awesome. Um, and I, It's a cool I, street. Is that – that's I'm assuming the area that had the fire that William Shatner played a hand, played a part in putting out. I thought it was in. I don't area, actually know, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. During um, uh, Star Trek taping, yeah. Well, he was, was walking around on the lot. I don't know what he was shooting, but he okay. was just on an off period, and he was the first person to see. Is that right? Like the fire? I guess and I'm. This sort is actually of documented. He's kind of confirmed to this. He was the one that he didn't put out the fire, oh, but he ran right. and told someone, right, and then they right. put out the fire. And the next day, the, of course, the article for like Variety was William Shatner. Put yeah, out Captain <laughs> Kirk saves Paramount, you know, or whatever it was. That's which pretty I'm sure funny. He ate up with a spoon, but, uh, right, right, but yeah, right. I've been there. I think yes, Paramount I looks to me the way a movie lot yes. in my mind looked before I came out to LA. This is the first time being there. I had driven by uh, some of the gates before and had yeah. kind of my bearings of where things were on the lot. I knew that it was relatively small because Sony's about 45 acres and I knew that Paramount was a similar acreage. Right. Um, and it is, but they've got things really packed in there. There's a really good, I think they have fewer sound stages and more, city streets and it's it's just it's a really good lot but like you say it is the quintessential lot because universal's got the <clears throat> all the weird shit uh warner brothers is fine but they don't have kind of, i don't see it as being as like warner brothers feels like burbank you know what i mean like i know it's a lot and it's separate but yeah. it feels like it grew out of burbank so specifically to it, me that it, it feels more it feels like, not glitzy it feels yeah, like exactly. really basic workman and fine um obviously it's and it's one of the bigger studios they shoot a lot of television at warner whereas paramount is like this beautiful mix of like film and movie and like unique structures and and just really well maintained which is interesting because in the last couple of years i mean our sony lot was always beautiful and well kept but paramount was really really nice um anyways the thing that i wanted to see when i when i got there was the pool or rather the parking lot pool right uh, because that's so iconic it was used in uh, Truman Show for all of the ocean scenes yeah. uh, and the one where he, you know, hits the wall. Um, and it was used in uh, a lot of things, but it was used in uh, like Voyage Home, Star Trek yep. Voyage Home yep. for the uh, the uh, bird of prey. In the, Why aren't in the, they answering? The <laughs> Why don't they sing? <laughs> Save the whales. Uh, exactly. So I uh, so I got to walk around that, and I, it had been a question in my mind for so long how that was built. Like, okay, wait, it's a parking lot, but it floods? How yeah, can it hold yeah. the water? And what's interesting is if you just picture a parking lot that is 
uh, about maybe seven feet deeper than the areas around it. Right. And instead of hard walls on the sides, um, it slopes. Just kind of slopes up. Um, and it's all blue. So it's a, par- a blue parking lot with, Already you know, yeah. yeah, it's just very interesting. And I, I could never picture it, but now I can. So, um, so that was cool. That was also because of the blue where they shot when J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek. Uh-huh. The um, stuff where they're flying down the oh, drill. Oh, yeah. And they, they just did mirrors. mirrors. Yeah. So See, it was that's like fucking great. reflected the sky yep. and it was blue everywhere. And it looked great. And those guys are just standing up with wind machines. They're not even upside down. practical filmmaking. Pretty cool. I just love it. Pretty yeah. cool. So, you got to watch Yeah, I think Paramount's great. And uh, I've been told by many people – that if you ever have a chance, you should really go over there during the holidays, like the Christmas mm-hmm. season and Hanukkah season, because they go all out. It's Do still it like something that they're like, this is what we they're are excited about. Hollywood, and yeah. we to make it look, you know, pristine. That's good. I got that vibe being there that they just have a lot of like, you know, a lot pride and yeah. uh, everything's yeah. very clean and well kept. Their commissary is excellent. The food was great. So on and so forth. Yeah. Um, we, they have a uh, B of A ATM. Ugh, it's gross, man. In addition that, to the first right entertainment the bat, credit union top, ATM. Top uh, just ever. Perfect. So uh, my buddy Zach, who you know, and I, who I went to Joker with actually. Oh, uh, yeah. My girlfriend and I all went. And uh, we worked the same event there because mm-hmm. uh, we knew the person who was kind of in chart, part of the staff that planned it. And um, we we took more alcohol, the two of us, from that event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were allowed to. We were whatever was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take. Sure. But we took more than I've ever had at one time. So <laughs> for months, I was bringing really good, you know, sure. quality alcohol, like full bottles and stuff to parties and to people's events and birthdays and stuff. Because at the end of the event, essentially, they said, you know, whatever you guys can take, you know, it's it's all yours. Go for it. But our cars were parked so far away that people were grabbing like a bottle or two and going, or if they had a box, they might take three or four, but it was a long haul. Zach and I walked through the lot, found a cart, and then took about four or five trips with like a two-level cart with like 20 bottles of alcohol. Dude, I love this story. And packed it into the trunk of my car and in the back (laughs) seat and in the foot of the front of the car. You know, like, I mean, we were filled to the brim and we just split it 50-50. That's great. Um, And once we got where we were going, I had to like help Zach walk his section up. And then I had my section to get up to my apartment. And my apartment was a studio and not very big and (laughs) a large portion. The entire kitchen was just stacked on the counters and the floor with uh, alcohol for, for months to come. So it was worth it. Worth it for nice. Them, you know. That's my memory of Paramount. That's a great story. I mean, I told you that the gig we did there the other day, Harrison Ford was there. Yeah. Um, so did I tell you the part where our audio guy that was micing him up was excited the night before? He was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm really excited. He's like, gotta touch and, him. And this guy mics a lot of people, you know, a lot yeah. of celebrities and presidents and things. And uh, he was like, yeah. Um, he's like <clears throat> really nervous about it. Of course. <laughs> So he went out, I found out the next morning, he walked out to Hollywood Boulevard from his hotel that night and bought some eight by 10 glossies (laughs) of, (laughs) of Harrison. And then he, he, and so he had some nice headshot ones, but then he had one that was just a screen grab, but a nice glossy print of, uh, Indy repelling into the snake pit. And he put a little Sharpie on it. He hung a Sharpie on it and he put it on the mic table where all the mics were before Harrison went on. And so as he was miking him and he had presumably Harrison's shirt open and everything, um, he kind of motioned to it and went, eh? <laughs> you know? yeah. like, do you yeah. mind? And he just said that Harrison was like, 
yeah, no problem. You know, what's her name? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and was just a total gentleman about it. So. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, and he that's gave fantastic. a very, a very stud. impassioned speech as well about uh, conservation. This was a, uh, Man, a, a, a panel of best. conservationists. So. He's the best. He's <sighs> yes, I love him. The greatest. I love him. He'll always be the OG to me. Yep. Um, um, so uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to some other stuff. Uh, there's a lot of uh, trailers of new stuff. So yeah. what do you think about Picard trailer well, two? So I was going to mention this because yeah. we have had several trailer twos. And I have actually liked all the trailer twos better than the trailer ones. So uh, <laughs> I, to run, I agree with to you. run through them. And I'm not saying I, yeah, I go ahead. look at Picard now on the second trailer and I think, Oh yeah, this is going to be the greatest, but it's so superior to me to the first trailer. And it makes me so much more interested in the first trailer that that alone is pretty exciting. The second Kingsman trailer uh, or the King's man to me. And I liked the first one, but I'm much more excited. That that was one that came on before we saw Joker, and I kind of leaned in to, to Jess, and we were both like, "Yeah, you know, this is this looks pretty dope." Yeah, and and then the other one, and I don't want to move too quick. I know you want to comment. No, no, go ahead. But 1917. Yes. Also, the first trailer second was trailer. such a teaser. I want to add to that because you're totally right. All these second trailers we've been getting. Um, the second Irishman trailer, I liked. Haven't watched way, that. Way better. And I hated the first one. I didn't think I'm with you, man. So. so check out that one. Um, okay. There's a there's a few of these second trailers, like you're saying, that are just that are really good. Um, I'm trying to think what the other one was. There was one other one that was so vastly superior. Um, but uh, I got a bottle of the Chateau Picard. I wanted to show you. There it is. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's a good thing we're filming. It's the real thing. Yeah, you guys exactly. at home. Get to our Can you tell how awesome this is yeah. through the through the uh, radio? That is um, cool looking. I don't know if it'll taste good, but that's cool. It'll taste fine. It won't taste yeah, like 60 I can't bucks, tell the difference but it'll anyway. taste fine. I'm not, I'm not a... Uh, is there a baby crying? Are we haunted? Is that a baby? A haunted? It oh, is a baby. Man. I don't know if that you guys sucks. can hear that, but this is, this is scary. I didn't know there was a baby in this building. Well, there's not. That's there's the, not. Okay. That's the <laughs> thing. That's, have you guys ever seen Poltergeist? Because here comes the hard left And turn. then this one is the uh, United Federation of Planets uh, Old Vines Invendale. It's a reserve bottle. Oh, that, wow. Um, this is cool. This looks cool. So this one, it, the, pro, the bottle was designed by, I think, the prop people. Um, it was designed to be a prop on the show wow. and they, and then they sourced wine to put in it. But, um, but, and now you can buy it. Um, but I ordered these back during the uh, convention back in August and they just got here about a week yeah. ago. In the words um, of Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Um, th- we're going to drink both of these. Not right now. Great. Um, but right at, now. <laughs> at some point I was considering saving these maybe, um, but, uh, I'm not going to, we're going to drink both of them. Uh, we okay. just have to make a plan to do okay. it maybe with some other Trek fans. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. so c- keep that in your mind. Maybe okay. we'll, yeah. we'll get, Tuck that we'll get away. together. Um, but yeah. And, and this you one, guys remind us right <clears throat> in and remind us. Totally. Forget. And this will be, and if anybody out there wants to come to LA and drink some with us, that's fine. Um, this one here though, is, uh, going to be in the new show. Like it's going to oh, be nice. physically in, well, in the set. Well, that's why the yeah. presentation feels like oh, like, like a real like a, gnarly thing. Yeah, like you're drinking yeah. Romulan ale. Exactly. This is illegal. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, this next round of trailers has been really cool. I'm excited for a, for a bunch of things. Um, everything looks a little bit better to me. While we're on the subject of Star Trek, um, yeah. you know, I was thinking about this. 
because Picard's coming out and I've been kind of slowly making my way through um, Discovery. Oh, nice. Yeah, where are you? Um, two episodes from the end. So cool. very, very close. Cool. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about it because, the you know, the original show and even Next Generation by comparison, the bridges are are pretty tight. Yeah. And and the fact that this was inspired by the Navy and naval yep. bridges and submarines yep. makes sense that they're very tight. And they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Right. Like I was looking at like with Discovery, I was like, oh, man, this is even bigger than in the J.J. Abrams. Right. Movie that, like you could park some cars. And yeah. Here. And I just wonder if it's like the idea of this is a massive spaceship and this is the way it would evolve anyway, or if it's just it's easier to move cameras around when it's not so tight. That's I don't know. But I've wondered it. about why they keep getting – they're just noticeably bigger. I mean they're like four times the I size. Think, I think any time you have enough money – to do it. Uh, oh, I think fair. the JJ Abrams set was probably massive as well. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just about, yeah, budget and all those things. If you're going to make something that feels really, really real and you're not going to have a bunch of walls that just fly away, then, uh, yeah, you might as well make it big enough. Like you said, for the cameras and, uh, and cranes it. and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, other stuff that's coming up. Did you see, uh, I'm going to ask you a few to, about a few trailers. Did you see the trailer for Uncut Gems? Yes. Yes, I did. <clears throat> so that's from the brothers, the Safdie brothers that made Good Time. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We get a movie starring Adam Sandler, Adina Menzel. <laughs> Don't know what to make of it. We watched it and we all yeah. kind of went, huh. Ah, yeah, exactly. Have no idea. Um, well, the, I think the, Sandler's 100% the, in, though. The rumor is that this is a, a career performance for him and that it is an outstanding movie. So we'll right. see. But I well, don't know. Um, you know, yeah. he's not going to top Happy Gilmore for me, but if you right. say so. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, let's do it. Um, what about, did you see the trailer for The Gentleman, the new Guy Ritchie movie? Yeah. Saw that one too. That looks pretty oh, weird, yeah. and uh, oh, and by weird I mean it's another Guy Ritchie movie, but um, it feels like it's more in keeping with his shit. Yeah, his good stuff, like the stuff that he like not Aladdin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His ga- <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, but his sort of gangster CD. Well, the stuff that he's probably Britain. good at, yeah, as opposed to all the stuff that he sucks at. So, you know, yeah, Guy Ritchie I, to I'll me. Watch it. He was a a voice of a very distinct generation to me. Yeah, and so he is talented. But his stuff now, even the stuff he does really well, because I just showed Jess Snatch for the first time. Okay, yeah. Like a month or two ago. And she really liked it. But, um, but uh, you know, his best things still feel like they're of the late 90s, early right. 2000s. And I'm just not sure where that plays. Like Tarantino sort of exists outside of time to mm-hmm, me. Like mm-hmm. he does his thing in whatever generation or era. And, you know, it's Kevin Smith is this way. I love Kevin Smith, and I think he's got one of the best voices. I think he's one of the best writers and one of the yep. best storytellers ever. Yes, yes. But his movies are not special cinematically. I mean, you know, the, the most interesting thing about Clerks is that it's so low budget and it is right. so – Once you sp- give him money – Yeah, it's ground down. It's like – So, yeah, and, and all of his stuff yeah. is kind of just rehashing. And he yeah, acknowledges absolutely. it. He's just like, yeah, I'm just doing this again. And if you like him – then you'll like them. And if you don't, there's nothing impressive about him. Right. So uh, Guy Ritchie, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll go see it. But you know. Really impressive cast, though. So Yeah, that's true. Check that out. He gets good people. Um, so we got some shit coming up this weekend. Gemini Man, are you excited about Jedi, Gemini uh, Man? <laughs> I'm interested in Gemini I'm Man. I'm going to see it Friday morning. Um, uh, and what I think is weird, and it totally makes sense for how fucking weird this movie seems <laughs> and how the rollout seems, um, Ang Lee, there was an article today that I read that was saying that Ang Lee had a very specific uh, request, I guess, or or desire 
for the movie to be shown in 4K, being the resolution that they mastered it at, um, meaning very high resolution and very um, presumably very sharp, lots of detail and everything. Right. Um, 4K and then 3D. Okay. He he shot it in 3D apparently. Okay. So 4K, 3D, and high frame rate, which is 120 frames per second. Now – uh, most movies are 24 frames per second. When yeah. The Hobbit was toying with this, yep. they did a 48 frames per second. And a lot of the critics that went to see that got sick. One hated it. Yeah. But the, Ang Lee says that he wanted it to be 4K, 3D, 120 frames per second high frame rate, which it's is how be, they shot it. It was all intended to be done. But there, it's going to be over in like 20 minutes. Do you know how many? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm glad you have a full understanding of how technology works. Um, do, do you know how many theaters in America are showing it in that format? Five. Zero. <laughs> there Perfect. Are, there are 12. His vision will be real. There are 12 that are showing it in 3D high frame rate. And one of them is Century City. Wow. Um, okay. There are a bunch that are showing it in 4K. And then other ones that are showing it in 3D high frame rate. So I'm seeing it in 3D high frame rate because I know it's bad. I know it's going to be bad. I might as well double down and just this add as many layers to this as like possible. It's not going to work. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I don't want to be negative. I'll let Nancy. you know later. Seems in like the week. it's not going to work. Um, and then also Friday, the polar opposite to Gemini Man is the movie that uh, got the Palme d'Or this year at Cannes called Parasite from, I got to read his name, uh, Bong Joon-ho, who directed oh. Snowpiercer. Yeah, and, I remember that. And uh, Okja, the pig yeah. Netflix movie. Um, he uh, made this movie called Parasite, which is supposed to be one of the best movies of the year, if not many years, um, and it's out Friday. So I'm going to see Polar opposite in that they're showing it at six frames. Per yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop motion. <laughs> Very slow. But you get to focus on yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, well, here's I'm one. I'm excited that, for this. Here's one I wanted to just throw out there real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, that is a trailer that's coming out that you've probably seen. Yeah. But I want to talk more about the movie. Um, you've seen the, the preview for Black and Blue. Uh, I have, and I'm actually excited for it. It's coming yeah. out in a few weeks. I'm going to check it out. But when this can be, we're debuting a, really little, like a little segment, a, a new lot. little segment. I do too. This is a new little segment we like to call uh, Patrick Pitches. Yay! Movie, or Patrick's Pitch. <laughs> I'm ready. So I watched this trailer, and I thought, I'll go see this. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is interesting, right? But I immediately thought about ways that, in my opinion, people can disagree, how this movie could have been a lot better, even though I haven't seen it yet, right? Right. So – Rather than having a very topical issue, which is a black female cop uh, who is, you know, they're saying you're not black anymore, you're blue, which again is very, very of right now. Right. What's being focused on. And then sort of immediately seeming to devolve into um, John Wick, mm-hmm. where there's a hit out on her and mm-hmm. she's got to survive, which I'm, I'm all on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to check it out. It's what it is, is John Wick with like a little bit of social conscious sprinkled in, right? Right. Well, my first thought was, Rather than having this black cop who is a cop but then goes in and sees very corrupt cops, there's no question about it, right? They're just – they are got a guy on his knees or whatever and they execute him in front of her, right? Rather than have that, I have two alternatives that I think would have been better, okay, or at least more compelling. I'm so excited. One, you have the black cop. You stick with the female black cop, but it's the mentor – you know, partner of hers that says mm-hmm. you're blue. Now you're not black who stumbles into a situation 
where he kills someone. Mm-hmm. And it's really on her whether or not to destroy this person's career for one mistake because mm-hmm. it is a human life and he took an oath and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Or this person, maybe he saved her. You know what I mean? At some point, maybe mm-hmm. she owes her life to him. And where does she side in that way? Now, this right. is, becomes a drama and this isn't, there's a hit out on you. Well, it would movie. also add another color, gray. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, we're, we're <laughs> really on. good once we've had a couple slices. Go of on. The other uh, idea I had, and maybe this one will be rejected because they're like, oh, you're a white man. You just want white men. And mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, this would also be really interesting if there was somebody who was very much believed in being a cop and believed in what a, what a cop is. But he's a white cop and he is racist. I'm talking like an antihero, not someone mm-hmm. that you side with. It's someone that you should be uncomfortable with. And I thought Woody Harrelson would be great at this. I'm already mm-hmm. casting this movie in my head. Right. And something happens where he sees something that is easily corrupt also. And he ends up being again on the run and they're trying to kill him because he's going to expose it because it is wrong. But even with that, he is a flawed human being. He is a fucked up human being that does not care about black people. You know what I mean? Like thinks of white people as whatever superior or whatever, but also like believes in this job to the degree that he's not, he's not going to let somebody be killed. Even if he doesn't like them, even if he shouldn't not like them and he doesn't right. Like I just thought both of those things would add so many layers to me that would be more interesting. And I thought Naomi Harris is such a good actress, Mm -hmm. like to me that she could handle it. And I know that's not the movie we're going to get, and I'm going to go watch it. Maybe it is. enjoy it because I like John. What John if Lake. all of this happens oh, man. in this movie? <laughs> Can you imagine? This is a, a spoiler alert for everybody on everything I've just said. But I, that's that's our first segment. It's twofold. Patrick pitches two movies. Right. Um, write us, tweet us, uh, call in. We probably need a segment name. Tell us whether you like this or not. I, I think... Patrick's pitch is pretty Patrick's solid. Patrick's pitch just because of the alliteration. Yeah, there. alliteration yeah, yeah. is, is yeah. a wonderful thing. So Patrick's pitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's your name. Yeah. So that works. And I used to be a pitcher. Oh, nice. In the little leagues. Any good? No. <laughs> All right, cool. That's why I didn't get to do it in the T-ball? big Were you yeah. a pitcher in T-ball? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I stood on the pitcher's mound. And when they hit it, I yep. tried to feel it. Got uh, it. Um, <laughs> they moved me to the outfield very quickly. <laughs> I like that segment. That's great. Yeah. Keep it well, up, buddy. We'll be, we'll be coming up with one of those every uh, if podcast. If you can write out. every one of these in between the episodes, that'd oh, be great. Okay, now we're <laughs> now we're talking. Now I'm excited. Can't wait for the next one. I know you. I know you don't work <laughs> we're very much. Done but. with this podcast, and we're moving on to the next one. No, uh, but that's, that's my awesome. idea for uh, for black and blue. I dig it. Well, now we have to see black and blue. To black see and blue and gray. If black and blue and gray, exactly. <laughs> Let's check it out. Um, just one more color. Um, so this Friday, El Camino is out. What do you think about that? Eh, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know you will. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I, think that, I think that expectations are super high on things like this just because we've talked about this. This show was one of the greatest shows ever. Well, yeah. When you have something like that, mm. you can't just come out with a movie. Yeah, I know. But they're going. They did, yeah. and it's like. But now they do every time. That's the thing. They can't. <sighs> they kind of. But they do. do every fucking time. We have to stop caring about things. Yeah, that's, that's it. the only. That's the we only have way. To stop the only way caring. To survive. It's the only way to survive. Um, it's pretty weird. Uh, next week, I'm sure we won't record before this, but there's a bunch of shit coming out next week. Are you excited for Jojo Rabbit? 
I am. I couldn't be more excited for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Love that director. Love his takes on stuff. And Got that was like another TV. trailer that played before Joker. That people yep. people were saying things after the preview and right. like, what the fuck? Like they didn't know what it was, but right. they were. You could tell everybody was excited. Like there was energy in the theater to that movie. Uh, you can just tell. Yeah, you can absolutely tell. Check out that trailer uh, if you haven't we're watched. We're getting that. It. Another trailer that's uh, very powerful, and I happen to love is the lighthouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they've got a couple of different trailers of that out. So I'm very excited for the lighthouse. Um, right on. Love the Willem Dafoe. Right on. And, uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's our that's our upcoming uh, you know, shit. Um. I have to mention that. Uh, I guess you could call this listener feedback, but um, I went to our buddy Nick uh, and Kellen's uh, baby shower Nico. recently. Um. And. Hey, they uh, they're having a baby soon and they have their baby shower and <laughs> yeah, they better be a baby shower uh yeah right. throw yourself a baby shower with no baby <laughs> they're not pregnant yet Some but bullshit. um <laughs> they hope one day <laughs> they're hoping um at the end of the night when uh everybody was really good and drunk um nick was t- and and by the not way there Kellen. were there were mo- yeah yeah right just for the record there were multiple people there friends of ours that listened to this podcast um namely the two fathers to be nick and kevin who is it was their joint baby shower but nick started ripping into me about having not seen lord of the rings yes <laughs> so he started getting real nasty and he will be our first <laughs> guest on this podcast so i don't know how much he remembers oh, of it but uh, i recorded about eight minutes of it on my voice memo oh, incredible. Uh, which which uh, uh you know will what be the intro to next podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna play it and we're not gonna air it okay um, so okay. just let's we'll be see. back to tell you about it <laughs> so what have we learned? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, oh, yeah. First off, Nick, I think we can all agree that of the group, and no offense to you at all. Nick is the, the, group, the most drunk. Well, no, I wasn't going to say that. That may be true. Nick and Tom are definitely the highest quality people in that room. And they are both huge Lord of the Rings fans. So just, I'm just going to set, let's shelf that for a second. Secondly, one argument was made that magic is a cop-out, as if the entire, uh, uh, I guess, genre of fantasy is not worth having, which, to me, I'm assuming they're Star Wars fans. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they hate Star Wars, too. The Force is fucking magic, idiots. Yeah. So Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, launch it. <laughs> I don't even know these people. But, like, you fucking idiots. Like, oh, just use the Force. Why don't you just use the Force? Yeah, okay. There's other people with the Force, too, morons. That's the whole point. Things balance each other out. It's just like having the strongest guy in a movie and being like, oh, he's the strongest. Why don't you just beat everybody up? Well, there's other strong people, too. Hey, that guy's got a gun. So do other people. So here, here's... I think I figured it out. I like magic. Just don't call it magic. Right. That's <laughs> that's literally the issue, right? The other thing is, I'm not going to launch into the whole thing because I'll be here for 20 minutes, but there actually is an answer to the eagle thing uh, for anybody that's read it. And I acknowledge they didn't talk about that in the movies, but you know, it's like people are saying, oh, the movies are too long. Oh, why isn't there an explanation for that? Like, which one do you ha- want? Yeah. You, know, you got you got to pick one or the other. And I'm not saying they're they're you know flawless movies, but also the last thing, man. 
it's such a cop out. If you're gonna use the argument that's already been used, at least have your own argument. The oh, it's just a long walk. It's like okay, you're the nine thousand millionth person to say that. Congratulations on not having an original thought. Like at least come up with your own argument. Granted, some people, like you said, were kind of drunk. If, if you were but, in the room, you would realize that uh, most of what was said was sarcasm. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter to me in the least. Come at me, bro. Pretty sure. Um, pretty sure. I, Kevin, I would like though. Uh, wasn't wasn't. Uh, wasn't uh i'm pretty sure he is a fan yeah he was good for kevin he was making the voice as if he were not a fan oh that that makes sense that's what he was doing so i wasn't there but um i would like to formally extend uh an invite to nick and tom uh (laughs) to come out here and kidnap kelly with me and we will screen on uh, outdoors on the projector that I'm going to buy uh, <laughs> at my residence, uh, which I won't give out on the air because we have so many listeners. Right. There's crazy people out there uh, to run the trilogy for Kelly so you can finally enjoy it. Um, or maybe to host an opening episode of uh, the upcoming Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, which, right. again, it's probably a little late to launch into, but we're going to talk about probably yeah, we next don't episode time. at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my rant. Um, it's a brilliant story. I don't need to defend it. It's got millions of uh, of fans, and it's one of the most well, retold stories uh, in the history of humankind. I think that uh, puts a nice cap on everything. That and, wraps uh, it up. I, Time for hidden gems. I can, I can feel before that we get out. I can feel I out. your anger. I can, yes, <laughs> give in to your. <laughs> Take your father's say, place at my I can side. Feel that I'm outnumbered. So. <laughs> I'm it's just gonna... a giant eyeball. It's easy. Just poke his eyeball out. He doesn't even have arms. Rings are stupid. Um, yeah, I don't like rings. So like, like, I'm just not a big fan of rings. Jewelry's dumb. Is anybody else against capes? <laughs> they got capes, not for me. So, uh, in honor of the Joker. Yep. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a hidden gem. A, a hidden gem. Here. And it's it's hard to remember. I don't think I've done this one before. Okay. But have I mentioned? Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, no. This a is a great. It, you know, what's uh, I, I love this because I love yeah. Mask of the Phantasm so yeah. much. I don't know how hidden it is. I think that most people I think it's a, our era love this movie. But I could be wrong. But I wholeheartedly support you saying this one. So Well, here's, uh, here's why it's it. hidden. I think it's forgotten. It's forgotten. That's better. And, yep. In the modern, I like mean, everyone's seen it, but they saw it a long time. Right, ago. and yep. people yep. know about the Batman animated series because it's a very, very good series That's for anybody who likes animation. But you don't. I don't feel like you get the movie thrown in there as often. Not as much. No. Nope. So I really think, honestly, it's a really solid just its own Batman installment and standalone. And it's got the origin story before they did Batman Begins when you didn't really have the origin story on screen yeah. from Tim Burton's just little flashbacks. It really gives you the whole, it runs the whole, you know, gambit or whatever you want to call it, um, of, great, of kind of uh, the origin and then this sort of love affair that kind of ties in what you get with Batman Returns, you know, with the Catwoman mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's got a little bit of that. It's got a lot of elements that are great. It's got Mark Hamill voicing the Joker, who's yep. fantastic. Um, really, really fun movie, man. And, it's and really worth, dark. Worth it's checking. really yeah. weird. For an animated it's, movie that uh, is definitely for kids. It is a dark thing. I mean, it's we talk about Joker, and that's a different level. But yep. you know, that's an adult movie. That's one hundred percent. This, is a this was a movie that was you know I watched when I was like ten. So it was made for kids, and uh, it is uh, very dark, very dark. And I remember uh, my parents watched that movie with me, and they had no interest in animation. And my dad ended up really like he was like. Yeah. 
they they got to have a sequel to that. Like the way it ends, <laughs> yeah. it does seem like they're going to yeah. keep going. Uh, and I just remember them Plus, getting excited about it. Surprised me, but I was best Batmobile design oh, ever. Easily, easily, yeah. Fuck yeah. So at least we can all Mask agree on the that. Phantasm. If, cool. Uh, if we can't agree on on Tolkien, Tolkien, we never will. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we never there's will. A, there's our debate. Uh, well, we argued this time around, which I was great. I think we probably should go. <laughs> it's only been an hour and a half. What has it been? What are we um, I think we're, we're at a normal time. I think we're at like 105, 107, Boom. something like that. Boom. So. Not setting any records. It's not Lord of the Rings runtime, but we do our best. Cool, man. We love you guys for listening in, except for Kelly's friends that don't like Lord of the Rings. Keep checking us out. I think it's just me. <laughs> I'm the only one. This was fun. Bye. Bye, guys. Um, we're still here. Back on? Yeah. This is this will be our second of many endings <laughs> inspired so by Return of the King and all the many fans worldwide who appreciate great storytelling. Kelly, start us up on our second ending of the night. Ah, fuck. Okay, so have you ever seen the movie Drop Dead Fred? <laughs> yes. I have. I'm so glad we came back for fucking Drop Dead Fred. This is incredible. <laughs> Uh, yes, let's talk about that. I have that. to talk about it. We don't have time for the Amazon a, series, but let's talk about I Drop have Dead to talk Fred. about it for a minute because... Phoebe Cates. Oh. What happened Ooh. to me today was weird. Um, I was going to go see Lucy in the Sky. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I like Noah Hawley. He made the Fargo series and he made right. Legion. Um, and, and you like Natalie his, Portman. <laughs> I fucking love Natalie Great Portman. Great rapper. <laughs> and um, and uh, early in the day... I was kind of like, ooh, do I want to see this? I wonder what rating it is even at. Yeah. And it's really low. Oh, no. So that kind of scared me. Yeah. So I didn't go see it, canceled my ticket, and I came home and watched Drop Dead Fred. Never seen it before. <laughs> what? But never seen that fucking movie You've before. Never seen Drop Dead Fred. Nope. We saw it today, kinda but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I saw it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a road trip with... Uh, Austin, um, our buddy, and he put on the How Did This Get Made episode okay. of Drop Dead Fred that they did yes. recently yes. in front big of a big debate. live audience. Big debate. And it's become a big thing of... Does Drop Dead Fred exist along Correct. with all these other childhood imaginary friends that are in their own world? Or was Phoebe Cates literally just insane and, and had this... on moment? top of that debate of one side or the other... Um, Purely from the standpoint of, like, is this a really, really fucked up adult movie? Or is it really meant to be pretty on the level fantasy movie for kids? It never decided. And it has no it idea. Made no choice. Yeah. So, uh, so watching it today, I just, I couldn't really believe that it exists. Um, and I... Having listened to the how did this did this get made on it, um, I think I'm on Team Fred. That he exists. Um, I'm on the side of uh, I, I don't know that that's exactly how I would put it. I think that it's okay to say that Fred is invisible and Fred is imaginary, but he also is able to physically interact with our world. Yes. Like I can accept both of those things. Here's why you're right. And I think the podcast and their two teams that yeah. they formed yeah. Yeah. were yeah. based on, is he physically there in the world or is he completely imaginary? And I'm like, well, 
I think it's more gray than that. You're you're right because okay, okay, I'm glad. And, and this is no as this is gonna. There's no way for me not to sound pretentious here. But for anyone, not just me, for anyone, better storytellers than me who have gone to any kind of storytelling class, uh, creative writing, yeah. done any kind of screenwriting classes, it's either bad screenwriting and they made a terrible choice. Or if they knew what they were doing, he exists in the world of imaginary, friend, imaginary yeah. friends and they exist on a different plane. And so he interacts. Same as other kids have imaginary friends who do the same thing. Right. And the reason is that you have that scene that should not be in the movie where all the other imaginary friends are sitting with their kids. Right. And they interact with each other. And the, but none also, of them can see the other one. But also but it, they're interacting with their kids in that yep, scene. Yep. Now, if they're just interacting with Fred, yep. I get where you could say, well, she's hallucinating a whole other level. And she's like, oh, these kids have them too. Mm-hmm. But the point is that wall is broken over and over again, right? Yep. And even the girl at the end is problematic too. Mm-hmm. She's interacting with Fred mm-hmm. because it was she's just two crazy people happen to live on the same street. And they both see Fred. You know what I mean? Like, right. That that also doesn't work. And this is kind of like the Forrest Gump thing. People have talked about like, oh, do we know that he's a, a narrator to be believed? You know, do we know right, any of this stuff right. really existed? Well, they specifically put a scene in. Zemeckis is too good a storyteller to have a scene where he's sitting there and he gets doubted. About halfway through, they're like, you know, we should squash the doubt because that guy says – oh, we were sitting next to a millionaire. And he starts laughing and walks away from Forrest. He's like, oh, I didn't realize you were the guy behind Bubba Gump. And the minute he walks away, Forrest produces the Time Magazine article with him on the cover. And and the lady thinks he's lying too. But she's like, well, I thought it was a lovely story. He's being real nice. And then he shows, you want to see what Lieutenant Dan looks like? And he shows her the magazine. And she's like, what the fuck? Like her eyeballs, because she realizes he's not lying then. And they all thought it was bullshit. You don't have that scene in a movie if you want there to be doubt right. or you want people not to know. Right. So I think you're those, correct. Those two scenes are I'm the correct. scenes of, yes. of storytellers Team Paul. telling us Team what Paul it is. all the way. And uh, what's crazy also, well, so Team Paul as in Paul Shear. Yes. Paul Shear's oh wasn't Paul Shear's stance that uh, I, I'm trying to remember because I listened to that episode a couple of weeks ago. What were the two schools of thought like june said mm-hmm. what did she say she june said said no this is a woman who is uh, for, hallucinating. for lack of a better word yeah hallucinating this character and it is part of her whole existence uh, her growing up she and had working more she issues. had more to it and it was actually a very interesting movie that she created in her own mind but she had a misread of this movie when she was very young in my opinion and continued to stick to it and it just – it's debunked. Like in the movie, that theory is debunked. Like it's a cool I, theory. I, but she and – what's his name? Um, uh, Jason Manzoukas. Jason Manzoukas, who I love, <laughs> are wrong. So the reason that uh, we're, you were asking me about Big Mouth earlier, someone from the audience gets up during that episode and uh, Jason Manzoukas is on the team of – he doesn't believe that there's you know this fictional character or this imaginary character. Right. And she calls him out. She's like, aren't you the star of Big Mouth? Isn't <laughs> yeah, She calls him out on exactly what Big Mouth is and what that character represents. That's and great. everybody's just laughing hysterically at how perfect that is. And he, oh. I don't think he put that together at no, all. No wonder <laughs> he calls everybody jerks. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, She's right. But I, I remember one of the two teams really um, kind of siding with the mom and I don't want to be that side because I think the mom's horrible. Yeah, she's bad. So, like, 
I don't know. We need a third team <laughs> that's anti-mom, pro-Phoebe Cates. Pro-Lord of the Rings. But also pro-Fred. Pro-Fred <laughs> and Phoebe Cates. And she's not delusional. She's totally fine. Well, um, And also, you know, pro-Carrie Fisher and pro-Steamboat Houses <laughs> yeah. and all kinds of things. Listen, I don't know how much more you want to talk about this movie, but did this movie at all <laughs> not really anymore, but <laughs> make you think of uh, kind of just a worse version of Beetlejuice? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's the, what I always by thought. The end like, of it, this is just not as good as Beetlejuice. By the end of it, but I was like, okay, obviously. This especially the scene where much. he's with all the other ones. Right. Because that's when, right. like, Beetlejuice is down there. Like, hey, what are you doing? You know what right. I mean? And, their heads and when they go into the, like, other plane and their, right, the house exactly. that's all stylized and everything, it's practically. Which also made me think of Fred Savage uh, in Little Monsters, which is a terrifying kids movie that also shouldn't be for kids. Okay. And it's not very good, but you should check it out. Second Hidden Gem for our second ending of the day. Oh gosh. Okay. We got a lot of a lot of things to catch up on. Yeah. If you guys have not seen Drop Dead Fred, watch it. Yes. And let us know what Kevin, you're on. We're talking to you, buddy. Yeah, right. We know you'll give us feedback because you're the man. Yeah. Um, um anyways, listen, that's all. I'm we'll glad be, we talked it through. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll be right back for our third ending. 